Hey, this is Billy Claudio. I'm the pastor of Oasis Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope you find freedom today through the gospel. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing this morning? All right, half of you are still sleeping. That's okay. Hopefully we'll wake you up here. Uh, We want to welcome you today. Today is what? To steal something from Pastor Billy, it is? See, isn't it exciting when I have you answer the questions? It's Family Sunday, Family Sunday. We're here to celebrate families today. Uh, A lot going on today. After church today, we have an OEF fundraiser. Very, very important. That next generation needs God desperately. Um, As we shared a few weeks ago, more and more of that generation is no longer believing in God. So we ask that if, you're not, if you don't have any uh, people in that age demographic or you're not, you're not of that age, we ask that you support that. Online community, thank you for being here. And last, I want to thank Billy and Don for giving me the opportunity to speak. Um, I take this with great privilege. If you would have known me eight years ago like these guys did, they'd have been like, uh-uh. Not even God himself can redeem this guy. Um, but honestly, you know, um, the attacks, the attacks are 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 present in us every single day. Uh, last Thursday, I got really, really sick. I had this terrible virus. Thursday, Friday, I'm like, oh man, this is not good. Um, fever, dizzy, uh, lightheaded, lost my hair, put on 20 pounds. If you guys have it, <laughs> if you guys are getting this virus, Lord be with you. Lord be with you. And also with you, a little Catholic in me coming out. So today, the title of the message is Activated by the Holy Spirit. I'm really excited about this because when I was asked to, to preach today, um, about a month ago, I'm like, okay, what's on my heart? What, is, what does the church need to hear? And the word that kept coming to me was activation. I'm like, okay, Father, what does that mean? God, Holy Spirit, guide me. What does that mean, activation? And I think that as we go through life, it's easy to get comfortable with where you're at. It's easy to not look, if, if life is good, don't rock the boat, right? Let's just go through, let's coast until all of a sudden we're desperate and then it's 911, Jesus rescue me, right? And so God spoke to me very clearly, give a very simple, clear message that we need the Holy Spirit, not in an encounter. Yes, we need that too, but we need the Holy Spirit every day. God sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper every day completely changed my life. So some of you here, if you're new, you might be hitting the Holy Spirit. I got no idea who that is, and he definitely ain't helping me. Some of you might know exactly who the Holy Spirit is, and guess what? He's still helping you. This is where you come in. This is where choice comes in. You have to surrender to the Holy Spirit. So today, my goal is not for you to see the Holy Spirit differently, because guess what? He's never changed. My goal for the message today is very simple. For you to see you differently and put a different value system on your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit, this isn't an encounter, it's a way of life, right? And so, I just want to talk for a second about life. Go ahead and put that up there. This is one thing that no matter how old you are, where you come from, your walk of life or whatever, we can all relate to this. Life. Because I'm, I'm sure there are people in here right now that are struggling. You didn't want to come to church today. You didn't want to come to church last week, and maybe you didn't. The things that you're going through are consuming you, 
and you don't know how to get out of it, you're stuck. Been there. 2022 for me has been easily the most challenging. I've had friends pass away. I've had horrible health experiences for myself where I almost didn't survive. My dad passed away in a tragic situation. There are numerous days where I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. I definitely don't want to minister to somebody. I feel like I can't even minister to my own self, my wife, my kids. And if I did not have the Holy Spirit alongside me, I wouldn't. So for you guys that don't know what happens um, in some of the pastor's life, that's okay. But this is why it's, it's important to constantly be praying for people. Be praying for our church because you don't know what's going on. But guess who does? Yeah. So my encouragement is this whole message today is I want you to be asking, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want to birth inside of me? What is it that you want to heal me in? What do you have in store for me? And we're going to have a, an opportunity at the end for us to, to come together and, and really pray about that. So I want to introduce one word to you, and it's activate. Just to get on the same page. I'm sure everybody has their definition of what activate means, but I'm going to read it to make sure we're clear. To make something active or operative, to put into motion towards a destination or a cause. So if I had to ask you a question, what is the Holy Spirit activating in you? What has the Holy Spirit ever activated in you? Or what do you know the Holy Spirit needs to activate in you? Be thinking about this. Because I promise you, no matter who you are, I don't care if you're a non-believer that just came in, you just strolled in because of an invitation, or you've been a believer your whole life. God never stops. I love it. Billy's always doing this, and I love that. He's never stopped, he's never stopped working. He, he doesn't stop moving. And I, and I, and I see this, this time in our, in our culture where complacency and staleness is okay. But it can't be. It cannot be. Your wives need you. Your husbands need you. Your kids need you. Your neighbors, your coworkers, your church family. Church, I see a movement. I see Oasis Community Church moving for the kingdom. And we need you to be part of that. It all starts with prayer and being activated by the Spirit. We can't be okay with being okay. All right. Who's excited? I am. So what are areas in your life that you know you need change? Could be subtle. Could be, "Ah, I'm just kind of angry. Kind of become lazy. Bible, collecting dust. Small group. I haven't been there for a while. It's okay. It's all good. Church, it's, uh, I don't have time today. Got a big game to watch today. Uh, that retreat, I'm going to miss this retreat because I'm good. But life is constantly throwing things at you. It's constantly throwing things at you. So some of you, it's a subtle change. Some of you, it's a desperate change. Words like divorce, separation, major illnesses, addiction. You have these things that you're dealing with. You come to church, 
and it's the Facebook Sunday. How are you doing? Good. But behind that answer is someone who's desperate, someone who's hurting. And here's where, this is where I used to make all my mistakes. I used to lean on people to help save me. I used to lean on people to help boost me up and inspire me. Heck, I was even going to use a video today, Facing the Giants. Anybody seen that? Crazy inspirational. You got the coach screaming at Brock. Come on, Brock. Keep going. I was going to use that. I'm like, no. That just solidifies more people, right? We need the Holy Spirit to be the one that, on a daily basis, all day long, no, Brian, you got to do better than that. Brian, you're not giving your best. Your family's not getting your best. Your church family's not getting your best. The person that road rages on the street's not getting your best. Okay, we can all relate to this, right? The Holy Spirit allows us to give it our best. Amen. So I have a couple of points. I love alliteration. So I chose the C words today. So we got the catalyst. The catalyst is the first point. For every one of you in here, there's something that created a turning point in your life. Everyone's different, right? Could be your marriage is going good, and all of a sudden, one fight turned into two, three, four, and all of a sudden, now there's friction. There's dissension, there's division, now it's creating anger, animosity, isolation. You're kind of giving up on life. Maybe if you have a troubled teenager, can I get an amen from everyone? Your relationships, mm, they used to love me. They used to call me daddy and just do whatever. And now it's defiance and you feel like there's this battle. And all of a sudden the relationship is going in a different direction. That was the catalyst. Maybe it was a job loss. Maybe you lost someone you cared about. Maybe you stopped caring about yourself. Maybe you stopped having goals and dreams. Maybe you forgot about Jesus. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay. I recognize the catalyst, which brings me to the second point is the call. Which direction does your situation need you to go? Okay, life is a disaster. What do I do here? Do I either ride this wave out and just see what happens? Or do I say, no, enough is enough. I need to invite Jesus into this. I did that. Been there numerous times with marital issues. When I tried to fix it on my own, when I tried telling Andrea how bad she was in all these areas, <laughs> Don's like, uh-huh. When I changed my mindset, and all of a sudden I'm like, no, 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 there's one person who can fix this. It's Jesus. Maybe you're an angry parent. Maybe your job, just, you just don't like it. It's, it's worthless. You're that guy who shows up and everyone kind of leaves the break room. <laughs> Greg says, that's me. Just kidding, Greg. You get where I'm going with this. You know a change is necessary. You feel stuck. How can the Holy Spirit, some of you don't understand what the relevance is of the Holy Spirit, that's what we're going to talk about today. And this last one for me really struck home, the cost. Right? We have the catalyst, the call, and the cost. This point is where most people check out. Ah, the call, eh, it's not worth it. There's a cost. When you think of the word cost, 
you think of a one-way thing, right? You're giving something, you're sacrificing something, you're paying something. You're like, yeah, I just can't roll the dice. I can't do it. So for this, you know, you talk to so many people, but they know that this, this was the break, this is where I know I need to go, but they can't get through the cost part of it. And this is what God spoke to me so clearly as I was being all cute with my alliteration. He said it's critical to have people replace that word. From cost to investment. And when you look at anything, your faith, coming to church, serving, tithing, any relationship, yourself, if you, if you change the word from cost to investment, it changes everything. Then you start throwing in ROI. Any financial advisors out there? What's the return on this? When you start talking about return on your faith, only one person knows what that is. We don't. That's faith. Blind faith. Turn the keys over to the turn the keys of your car over to God and let him drive it. So I want to before we get started, I want to share one story that has completely changed my life. And so for some of you that know me, you see our our adoptive kids, Jade and Ethan and me, and you think, oh, must have been great, right? They must have had this heart to serve and be foster parents their whole life. Nope. So I'll just share, I'll be, I'll be quick in this story because it's important that I get this out because it really shows the cost, the call, and the, I'm sorry, the catalyst, the call, the cost, but I changed it to investment. So years ago, I remember sitting in our, in our living room and Andrea and I were talking about bills and stuff like that. And, and you know when husbands hear me out, when you're, you know, your wife has these canned responses when she's literally paying zero attention to you? Uh-huh, yep, oh, oh yeah, that's great, oh, oh yeah. And you know she's not listening. And so she's kind of go. She's answering questions that I'm not even. Or she's answering questions I'm not even asking her. So I kind of do a drive-by behind her, and I look. What adoption license approved? <laughs> and those that know my wife know exactly what I'm talking about. And she's like, "Oh, didn't I tell you?" <laughs> nope, we didn't. We didn't talk about this. And so it created this friction between us. I'm like, Mm-mm, "No way, zero chance." And everybody that knows my wife, children's pastor, she's probably asked you to serve. Um, she said, give it a chance. Do a class. Fine. Do a class, get into it. And then all of a sudden, there's this state professional giving all these statistics of the number of foster kids, just in Arizona. And my heart started to change. So this is the Holy Spirit whispering to me. He didn't hit me over the side of the head with a sledgehammer and say, dummy, wake up. So we're going through this process, two years to get licensed. And those of you that helped us walk through the fire with that, thank you. It was brutal. We finally get approved, and I remember one night, late night call, there's these two kids, uh, which were outside. We were supposed to take drug-induced babies. That was it. One baby. Get a call, two kids, three and six months. I'm like, nope. And Andrew's like, nope, God told me. I'm like, nope. She's like, God told me. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to argue against God. So they deliver these kids to us, and nothing but diapers. Nothing but diapers. The one they were wearing, not, not multiple. And I'm like, what? No history in these kids? Any medical issues? No idea. Billy was three, and you could tell 
he had fetal alcohol syndrome or something. He had a major disability. And I remember thinking to myself, I, I was paralyzed. And that whole first night, my daughter Maya just held Billy. It's the only way he would stop screaming. So we're going through this process, and right away, I started to get a little bit of animosity towards Andrea. Look what you did. We were on cruise control. Our kids are nine. We can go on spontaneous dates. What are you doing? <laughs> and we go through this, and now all of a sudden, taking care of Billy, it's, it's 24-7, 365. He's a danger to himself and his baby sister. And now all of a sudden, I start to regret our choice. Me and Andrea start butting heads. She's very called. I'm getting a busy signal, right? So one day, this is what I want, this is what I want to share with you. This, this changed my forever. I'm going to pick up Billy at school, frustrated, kind of annoyed. <clears throat> Pray for my voice. Hopefully it stays with me today. And I see him, and he's talking to his teacher, and he sees him from probably about 30, 40 feet away. And he looks at me, and then he looks at his teacher and said, that's my dad. And he came running up to me and latched onto my leg and said, Daddy. And that's when the Holy Spirit grabbed me in such a way that Billy was no longer a cost in my life. He was an investment that I needed to sow into for his future. Yeah. Amen. Amen is right. So we went through this, the rest of this process and now all of a sudden, I was no longer a part-time foster dad. I was Billy's dad. And getting to the point where reunification with Billy and Lacey happened, I cried and bawled my eyes out when I let him go. But I knew it was okay because when his dad came to pick him up, he asked us to pray for him and asked me and Andrew to be his godparents. Yes. So then now we have these little munchkins, and we're praying about more. So, all right. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being so glorious. Father, we just ask that today the words that you speak to this congregation activates motion with the Holy Spirit that we could never imagine on our own. Father, I just ask that all the needs and trials and tribulations and pain that's going on, people in these seats right now, Father, I ask that today is the start of something different for everyone. Father, I ask that you just speak courage into them and you tell them enough is enough. I have given you the gift of the Holy Spirit to get you through the daily troubles, the struggles. So instead of looking at life like a glass half empty, you look at it half full. So Father, I just lift up all these people hearing this message today. Father, I ask that you just speak directly whatever it is they need to hear, Father. I ask these words are anointed and it creates a fire that the enemy will never put out. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man. I almost got emotional there. Thinking about the Holy Spirit, it's overwhelming to me. So um, I'm excited for this. Today we're going to be talking about the life of David. Anointed shepherd boy to mighty king. There's so much to date, the story of David in First and Second Samuel, but I only wanted to choose two stories that were relevant to what I'm talking about today. I want to read Psalm 51:11, because this is, this is David. Old Testament Holy Spirit movement. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Such a powerful sentence. This is David. For those of you who don't know it, I encourage you. 
Text me, I'll go through it with you. I love First and Second Samuel. I mean it. For me, it's, like, it's, it's always my inspirational go-to. I love the life of David. Please, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Because the anointed life that he had wouldn't have been without the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about the anointing of David and the battle with Goliath. So as we start here, Samuel anoints David. And why this is so relevant is um, Samuel was a prophet and a judge and a wise leader of Israel. So he anointed, or David was anointed three times. One was God's direction to Samuel. Samuel, go anoint this boy. And the other two were by men. So we're going to go through this scripture. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Because the Lord directed Samuel to choose a king. And Saul wasn't working out so well. So that's why he's saying, Why are you mourning? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Everyone thought they knew who it wasn't, right? And we'll get to that in a second. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. I can't do this. He'll kill me. And this is what's awesome about when, you're, when you trust in the Lord so much. Like, who would do that? If I said, hey, I have a message for you, one of you to deliver. But guess what? You'll probably be killed, but it's from the Lord. I don't think the volunteer line would be too long. I think the crew, where's Marquavius? The crew would probably be short, right? Okay. Lord, and the Lord gives him instruction. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You, you are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived in Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to sacrifice, to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before me. Well, we can all relate to this, right? Probably looks a lot like me. That's supposed to be really funny. So when you see somebody, you think those are the chosen ones, right? And I think this is why I love this story so much about the little shepherd boy. He was the chosen one, but nobody saw it. And we'll see in a second here, even after he's anointed. When they were, oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. That should be an amen for all of us. Like, we see our shortcomings. A lot of us are our own worst critics. I don't have that kind of faith. Prayer ministry team? Never. Feed the homeless? Uh-uh, someone else will do it. Serving kids ministry? I think we can all agree that's a different breed right there, right? <laughs> but I mean it. Like, we look at ourselves and we feel under-equipped. But this is why the story of David is so rock star. He knows it from day one. no. I'm with God. Nothing will stand in my way. Definitely not man. And as we continue through the story, <clears throat> you'll see some of the things that I think are just absolutely spectacular. 
The Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance. I got to that. The Lord does not look at things that people look at, but people look at his outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And when I read, when I read this the first time, I thought, man, what did the Lord think about my heart before that moment I had with Billy where he called me Daddy? Like, how many of us are still waiting for that moment where we call the Lord Daddy? And it changes everything. It changes the bond. It changes the trust. It, tra- it changes our call. Then Jesse called Abinadab, I'm saying that right, and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then, then had Shema pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all your sons? Dude, this can't be it. The Lord told me there's one of your sons and none of these are it. Well, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he went for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance with handsome features. Then the Lord says, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Right? That's you guys, right? This is where we have to stand and rise and say, God, you've anointed me. I'm a believer, which means that I'm covered by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, be with me every day. Holy Spirit, activate something in me that changes my heart. Everybody knows it, right? We can all relate. When your heart towards something changes, what changes? Everything. Yeah, fill in the blank. Everything changes, right? And this is where I think when we start talking about church movement, like what are we a church of? Family, love, accepting you for who you are, trying to uncover passions within you. But at some point, you have to take that baton. Say, all right, Lord, yes, I'm part of this. But what do you want from me? What do you want from me? And like, I see our church, I don't even care about the numbers, it's the faith. Growing in our faith. Having a heart towards our community change. Caring about the person sitting next to you like small groups, going to battle with people, feeling the presence of the Lord in everything we do, having things at Oasis be can't-miss situations because you don't know what the Lord is going to do. Not trying to fit it into your schedule, but can't miss because you do not know how the Lord is going to use you in a moment. Okay, second part. David and Goliath, 1 Samuel 17. I'm going I'm to lay this up for you a little bit because there was so much scripture, I had to cut some of it out. So to give you some context, you have the Philistine army, the Israelites, they each take a hill, there's a valley in between, they're lining up to do battle. And you got this clown Goliath, right? This giant nine-foot hulking man belittling Saul and his people. God over and over again. People are terrified. He even challenges them. 
I'm a Philistine. You're one of Saul's people. Let's go. And nobody answers the call. Nobody. So then Jesse asks his son David, who's been anointed to be king someday. That's a big deal, right? Go back to shepherding. He says, hey, you know what? Do me, do me a favor. Get some food, some supplies. Go check on your brothers. Go make sure they're okay. Head to the, head to the front lines and make sure they're good. So he does that, and here we are. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him. This is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom do you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? That was what he said. So even to this point, nobody believes that David's worthy of much of anything. And with whom do you leave? I'm sorry, I already read that. And know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul went for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. I <laughs> think that's awesome. David's like, you guys are chicken. He's mocking you. He's mocking Israel and God. And none of you has the guts to stand up to him. I'm in. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came, I carried off a sheep from the flock. I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. David was savage. It's one of Billy's messages a long time ago, right? Savage. This dude was savage. He didn't care what the opposition was. He had God. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God, the Lord rescued me from the paw of the lion, and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put on a coat of armor on and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these. He said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand, approached the Philistine. That's awesome. I don't need that, that garbage. I don't need your protection, Saul. This doesn't feel good and comfortable. Just let God's hand protect me. That's all I need. 
And I think, how many of us just could use just that? I don't need things. I don't need to hide. I don't need to make excuses. All I need is God to get me through this. But there's that disconnect. There's that gap. We don't act on it. We, we, we sit like the Israelite servants, right? And let the Philistine throw barbs. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give you your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. <laughs> All those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it into your hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from his sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. And I think that as we hear that story, I think most of us miss the anointing of the Lord in our lives and dismiss the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We all have Goliaths, right? Fear, doubt, a challenge in a relationship. Something has happened that has created this thing where you feel like it's an unbeatable opponent. And as we hear a story like that, it's so important. We easily forget that when we receive salvation and walk in faith, what we are capable of defeating in any circumstance in our life. We dismiss, we dismiss the power of the Lord and the influence of the Holy Spirit to get us through anything. It says in Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions to the praise of his glory. So we're going to move to close here. And I want you to be thinking about something as we're going to invite the Holy Spirit in for a time of prayer. What's the catalyst? What's the catalyst that you've been wrestling with, whether it's today, a season of your life? My encouragement, it's time to face your Goliath. Not alone, but with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. What's the change? What do you need the Holy Spirit to help you with right now? And I think this is where most of us miss the opportunity. We hear a message, we're inspired, we're challenged, we think about something, and then we're like, 
oh yeah, my Wednesday group, I'll, I'll have someone pray for me, and it doesn't happen. Or yeah, I'll meet with my guys or my ladies this week, or whatever. The prompting of the Holy Spirit isn't for futures. It's right now. And I encourage you as you're sitting here wrestling with things, act. The cost, it's already been paid. It's time for you to start living your life by investing in your life, by in increasing your faith. If you're, if you're having um, issues with a marriage, a relationship with your kids, a friend, someone in your life is sick that's causing you great trouble or heartache, financial issues, whatever it is. We're going to have Billy and Don start to play some, some worship music. And it's for a reason. It's for you to be with the Lord for a minute and have the Holy Spirit minister to you and speak to you. And we're going to have our prayer ministry team come on up. You can sit down here for a minute or you can stand and be waiting for people to come up and pray. So prayer team, come on up. And my encouragement, everybody in this sanctuary, everybody online, take advantage of this moment to give your Goliath to the Holy Spirit, to give you strength to battle through any situation. See the victory in your life. But here's the beauty. With the Holy Spirit, you don't have to do it alone, but come with somebody here. Come together. Come together in agreement. Pray with them. So as they, ha as they go ahead and start, I also want to invite those that have yet to accept Jesus into your life. I want you to come forward. I want you to come forward, and they're going to pray the prayer of salvation with you. We're going to celebrate with you. And we're going to take the next few moments here, and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit rain down on us. We're just going to be in this moment. And as you feel compelled, if you feel like you have a, a Goliath in your life, I want you to stand up. If you feel like there's a Goliath in your life that you need the Holy Spirit to walk you through with, I want you to stand. We're going to keep letting the Holy Spirit work on you. I'll ask you again. If there's a Goliath in your life, see, this message was very clearly spoken to me that the masses have Goliath in their life. It could be fear. It could be anger. It could be anything, anything at all. I encourage you to stand. Stand in courage. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. I really hope God moved in your heart today. And if you're in the Scottsdale area, I'd love for you to come and visit our campus on one of our Sunday services. You can find details to our service times on our website. I also want to thank our faithful givers. By giving towards our podcast, you're able to help us reach people from all over the world for Christ and fulfill the mission of Oasis, which is to love God, love life, and love people. God bless.